From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. There is that leadership mindset that I work with these employees every day and I know them. However, when you do rounding with intent, purposeful rounding, you're really asking questions that get to the core of the issue. Like, what are we doing well? We have to celebrate our success in a time where we feel like everything is falling apart around us. So reminding people what we're doing well so that we can celebrate that and feel good um, and know that the work that we're doing um, is worthwhile and has purpose. um, And we know that we're making a difference every day. That's Kim Bass talking about having a leadership mindset in a medical practice. We'll hear more from Kim as well as Linda Valenti in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. Register now for a 60-minute webinar being held on Tuesday, October 5th. AI and remote patient monitoring together Improving patient outcomes and increasing practice revenue will teach you how to get paid for what you already do and how to add a significant revenue stream while improving your patient outcomes with new remote patient monitoring technologies and strategies. The webinar is free and will award continuing education credit. It's presented by 100 plus and features Dr. Mintu Tarakia of the Stanford Center for Digital Health. Register now at mgma.com slash patient. That's mgma.com slash patient. It's all about you this fall. Accelerate your path to medical practice leadership. Be empowering, be influential, be exceptional, be a leader. Join us in San Diego, October 24th through the 27th at the Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference, or join us for our digital experience November 16th through the 18th. Visit mgma.com mpe21 and register today. Our guests today are Kim Bass, Vice President, and Linda Valenti, Associate Vice President for Ambulatory Operations, Cooper University Healthcare. They're here today to talk about how to achieve better organizational outcomes through highly engaged teams. Kim and Linda, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Great. Now, First, uh, I'll start with you, Kim. Give us an idea about your background in healthcare, what your journey has looked like. Okay, great. Thanks, Daniel. Um, I've been in healthcare for a little over 30 years now, and I've done uh, both the hospital side and medical practice leadership side. I have been in access 
Um, I was the head of regulatory affairs um, for three hospitals and 58 clinics. I moved over to uh, patient experience uh, for a large academic health system out in Oregon. And I was also uh, a coach, an executive coach and national speaker for Studer Group before joining Cooper um, uh, in July 2015 um, as the vice president of ambulatory operations. Great. All right. Well, Linda, what about yourself? What's your journey in healthcare been like? Hi, Daniel. Um, I'm a nurse. I um, started nursing in the mid-1990s. I was hospital-based for many of those years. I came to Cooper at about the year 1998, uh, worked in the hospital there, procedural nurse, um, jumped into leadership sometime around that time. I uh, was the assistant vice president of the Heart Institute. Uh, patient care services. I had a lot of hospital experience. From there, I became a Lean Six Sigma black belt. And after four years as a Lean Six Sigma black belt, I jumped over to ambulatory operations with Kim. Fantastic. Well, I'll stay with you, Linda. What has your focus been during the pandemic? These last 18 months or so, where is your primary uh, you know, brain, mind space focus been over that period of time? I really tried to get a lot of sleep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so honestly, as the Assistant Vice President of Professional Development in Ambulatory Operations, I was the person who was chosen to work on our incident management team. So I've been pretty much 120% COVID from the beginning, even now. And I heard some very distressing news yesterday that sounds like this may go on for another two or three years. So a lot of the last year, my challenge has been, you know, figuring out patient testing, the whole disparity stuff with the communities, when vaccines came out, doing the vaccines. Now we're doing employee testing, soon to be um, the mandatory employee vaccines, all of that while trying to do my day job, essentially. Wow. Thanks for all the work you're doing. Um, Kim, I want to turn to you. It may be a similar story, but where has your focus been during the pandemic? So my focus really has been on the staff and our patients. Um, you know, we talk about caring for our patients um, so much uh, during this time, and we really had to pivot in the way um, that we provide that care. Um, I didn't want us to overlook caring for our employees and understanding that many of them were going through the same anxiety and stress that our patients were going through, um, yet we were coming to work every day and taking care of those patients. Even though our patients rely on us, um, we're facing the same catastrophic life and health issues um, that they are. And so we really looked at what are some ways that we could create self-awareness um, for people who were feeling stress, who may be sick, who may be taking care of people that were sick, or taking care of their families who are now home um, and homeschooling. Um, and we weren't qualified to do that. So, um, so many things were hitting our employees at once that I wanted to make sure that we were um, rounding with intent, um, talking to them about what they were doing to take care of themselves, and then offering um, the services of our employee assistant program so that we could really talk about um, 
um, the expanding kind of the, the window of tolerance um, given the pandemic. Okay. I want to stay with you about that because you're talking about working with staff, kind of keeping them going. So with that in mind, the two of you are going to be speaking next month and uh, you're going to be speaking in October at MGMA's uh, Leaders Conference. It's going to be in San Diego. I want to get this topic right. It's engaging employees during a time of crisis. Uh, tell us a little bit about that program. How did it come about? Um, what's a main focus in that session as well that you want to get across to attendees so then they can go back to their practices and work with their employees and help improve the engagement there? Okay, great. I think there is that leadership mindset that I work with these employees every day and I know them. However, when you do rounding with intent, purposeful rounding, you're really asking questions that get to the core of the issue. Like, what are we doing well? We have to celebrate our success in a time where we feel like everything is falling apart around us. So reminding people what we're doing well so that we can celebrate that and feel good um, and know that the work that we're doing um, is worthwhile and has purpose. Um, and we know that we're making a difference every day. Um, also giving employees a voice. Um, you know, I said before that we've had to pivot so many times. So we went to telehealth literally overnight where we hadn't been doing telehealth um, at all in our medical practices. And so we said, here's the training, here's what we need to do, knowing that there was a lot of anxiety about doing that. We made a commitment to our employees at Cooper um, that we weren't gonna have a reduction in workforce. And that was really hard because um, we saw this um, precipitous drop in the number of visits that we were doing. Um, in our medical practices. And it was very scary because you're like, well, here goes our revenue, but we're committing um, to giving these employees. And when we sat down and we talked to them and we said, we're gonna flex. And which means that if you're needed in another area, we want you to stay on board with us, um, be willing to acclimate, um, be flexible to go to another area. And they were, and they would take two or three hours off a week. Everyone was sharing. I was um, so amazed at the resilience of this team throughout the pandemic. And, and I say it like it's something of the past, we're still going through it. And so we're still learning every day how to um, adapt. And I think that's the biggest piece the constant communication. We've used multiple platforms, multiple venues. Um, I stopped what I was doing, moved everything off of my calendar and rounded individually on um, more than 50 leaders in the organization over a two week time um, to ask them how they were doing. I think there were a lot of people that were ready to leave. Um, they were tired and scared. Mm -hmm. um, Linda, I wanna follow up here. Uh, you're part of the staff. You've seen some of this take place and been part of developing it as well. And so what do those celebrations look like that Kim was talking about? Um, give us an example of that because everything we've read and seen and the people we've talked to have talked about this 
I mean, burnout on steroids right now with everything going on with the pandemic and just sort of a disillusionment of, you know, kind of what Kim was talking about, people just going, I, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. So what have you done to really celebrate those victories and have everybody you know, lifted up that way? Yeah, it was actually kind of difficult in this last year and a half because we can't use the old fallbacks where we order lunch for everybody or have a little party. People weren't even allowed in the same lunchroom at the same time. So it was a little bit difficult. Um, but we did make it a point to actually um, identify what the milestones were and celebrate them. We did a project early on where we went out to 40 nursing homes and tested all the staff and employees in there. We worked for like a week straight, you know, from 7 a.m. until midnight. And every day when we'd get that last specimen in the box, we're like, woohoo, you know, <laughs> we got it there. Um, so we really spent a lot of time knowing what people were doing, meeting with them, thanking them, and just celebrating the little things, stuff like birthdays, people finishing school. We had to do it with PPE on. You know, we'd still bring in the balloons. We had to work with caterers to separately bag things and give it out and then, okay, go eat in your car now. <laughs> so it just become that just becomes a way of life. But we make sure that we track all of the milestones and celebrate everybody along the way. Mm -hmm. As you've been developing even more engagement with the employees, did y'all ever do any either formal or traditional surveys or like Kim, what you were talking about, going out in the rounds and talking? Give us an idea of that, how you got the feedback so then you could devise even better engagement for the teams. So we do a formal um, survey of all of our employees uh, in ambulatory operations, in our med practices. We have close to 800 employees. And I was really worried um, when we did it in the height of the pandemic um, in September, October last year. And I said, oh gosh, you know, we've been, when we started ambulatory operations, we were probably in the 43rd percentile in 2018. We would, we had made it up to the 63rd percentile. Um, and then um, in 2019, we got to the upper quartile, the 77th percentile, and I said, all of these gains, I want to be able to sustain them. We actually only dropped to the 70th percentile last year. I was very proud of that, and I think that is an attestation to the leaders here and their commitment to our employees and communication. Um, the two biggest things is, is making those employees feel valued, um, that they have a voice um, in the, uh, the, the things that affect their work, um, that they're involved in the decisions. And the other is communication. And we have worked um, very hard. We have a daily huddle now at noon with every leader to talk about what's going on in the practices. So we do a stoplight, red, green, yellow, um, are there safety issues? Um, are the employees bringing anything to our attention? Are the, you know, the phone lines dropping off? Any of those things because we really, um, in addition to that annual survey, it's not just a one and done. We don't put together an action plan and then let dust settle on it in a drawer somewhere. Um, we really use that as a living, breathing document to improve the lives of our employees every day. Yeah. Um, Linda, what, 
is something that came out of either the surveys or some of these daily huddles that surprised you? Or did, was everything already, you just went, of course, that's how everybody feels? Or what's, what's something that either surprised you or, or stuck with you and uh, helped you continue to build out this plan um, now, to get engagement? Our, our biggest um, challenge this year, no surprise to anyone, is probably communication. We saw okay. it on every survey in every department across the entire organization. It was a little surprising because we work really hard on communication and we feel like we communicate all the time in a zillion ways. Um, so from that, as Kim pointed out, last year we implemented a noon huddle and we made it mandatory so that managers from every office are on every single day at noon. And that started out, we're a high reliability organization and it started out from a safety and quality perspective, but we're able to talk with the managers quickly because as you know, during COVID, things are changing every day. So literally every day we're able to update them now on, all right, we're working on employee testing. There are still 500 people that need to be tested this week. Here's how we're gonna handle it. So every single day they know that they can come to that huddle and get their communication. And in return, they have huddles with their staff and they cascade our information to their staff. And then Kim and the other assistant vice presidents and directors go out and do rounding in each office. And then they'll ask the staff and say, hey, have you heard about this? What are you hearing about this? So we kind of tie up the loose ends and make sure that the information that we're getting, the other thing that we did is every day at five o'clock, our CEOs release some communication. Wow. We call it the five at five five pieces of information at 5 p.m. because you could easily overwhelm people, but we had a ton of stuff. So it would go from the five of five to our noon huddle to our daily huddles in the offices. And then the rounding with intention would go tie up those loose ends. And that's how we handled the communication. That is amazing. So <laughs> I do want to ask you then, Kim, you talked about, you know, this is a time of crisis. That's what's in the title of y'all's session. We all know that, and, and it's created chaos. You've had, you didn't want to lose any staff, so you've had people go wherever they need to in the industry and across industries in America. We've also had a lot of remote work. So with all of these different things going on, how have you continued to grow the engagement? I mean, I know that all of these huddles and, and check-ins and five at fives, all these really cool things, mm -hmm. but if people are off here or out there, you know, how have you taken their pulse, so to speak, to know that you're, what you're doing is working, making that work? So um, we do a lot of validation um, of the things that Linda said, but I want to get back to something a little bit more personal, I mm -hmm. think, and, and that is, I ask um, employees, I ask leaders that, you know, before you go to bed, um, I want you to think about one thing that you accomplished today. Um, I want to remind people about the difference that they make in the lives of other human beings. Um, so look in the mirror and do that, that self-test. You know, what did I do? What did I accomplish today? What did I do to make a difference in the life of another human being? I might get a little emotional because I've literally have taken people by the hands and said, I want you to remember this day. And anytime that you're feeling um, down or burnt out. I want you to think about the impact that you're making in this organization. 
and also having people really um, make sure that they have alignment between their personal values and the organizational values. Um, our inclusion, that sense of belonging, that they are part of something bigger, um, that we not only treat our patients with compassion, but each other, um, and that everything that we do, um, we do in a way that um, brings excellence um, in care, in safety, um, in the work that we do. Um, and then finally, I think the importance of empathy, that we don't know um, the stories, the, the entire story of other people. We don't know what people are going through. And so we tell the leaders um, before you um, go to that, this you did wrong, um, we say, you know, is everything okay? Because we know that people are really struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I mean, just what you said, or it might have been Linda earlier, that you got some news that we may have. I, I don't even want to say these words, two to three more years of this. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm choking up. I need some water here. I mean, it's like, because if you have that light at the end of the tunnel, we've all, everybody's just pulled together in so many different ways and tried to, you know, have some steel in our, in our backbone here to get through this time. And then you hear, oh, two to three more years, you go, huh, I just, I feel like I slumped a little bit when you told me that. It just, it just like knocked the breath out of me. So. Linda, what, what did you do when you heard that? And then how are you, you know, kind of digesting this information, you know, without making yourself sick? <laughs> yeah. um, so I spoke to that provider this morning and I said, you know, you made me cry yesterday. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I did with it is we're, I'm going to meet with my team and what we're going to do is talk about how do we integrate all of these COVID initiatives and the care of the COVID patient or the patient with COVID into our practices. We can't, we've been running on steam for the last year and a half. We, we have to start to hardwire this in and stop looking at it like, oh, let's throw up a pop-up here or, you know, we need to really look at it as here's, here's a business line and let's just do it well and build it in. And this is, you know, it's just going to be something now that we offer, you know, it's going to take some time, but we'll do it. So everything yeah. won't be so urgent. We'll have it all built in and planned for. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Kim, how do you measure this? I know that you've done the surveys, you're doing the check-ins. Is, is there actual data? We love data so much in healthcare. Is there data that you look at? Um, to see if these engagement programs are working or is it looking people in the eye and talking to them or a little bit of both of those? It's a little bit of both. Um, it's a great question. Um, one of the things that we're really emphasizing um, that I know makes a huge difference is moving people from being transactional to transformational um, and really putting the why behind everything that we do that we're not doing this as an exercise in futility um, our patients can tell when we're checking the box and I really want it. I want us to do things because they're the right thing. Our leaders to take care of our employees so that they can take really good care of our patients. Um, and it's that trickle down effect. And I can tell, uh, but when I look at our first year turnover, um, you know, 
in ambulatory operations, we, um, we walk around with our shoulders back and our head up because we've got really high employee engagement scores. We've had really, really low turnover scores. The pandemic hit and all bets are off. I mean, everything changed. Um, we went from a 14% first year turnover to 31%. We more than doubled. And so people that got in this last year said, uh, maybe not for me. Um, because, you know, hours were crazy. What they were being asked to do um, wasn't what they signed up for. Going to work in a COVID tent outside when it's, you know, three degrees and it's snowing. We had a day where the, the tents literally imploded and they were like setting, we've got a picture of it in our presentation where we're sitting in just this pile of metal and cloth over in the corner of a parking lot. And yet these individuals continue to come in every day um, because they are committed not only to their profession, but I think that the leaders um, at Cooper really care about the employees as human beings and not just the task that they perform. Mm -hmm. Hearing that tent story reminds me of every time I go camping and why I don't go camping very often. <laughs> The tent just implodes. It's just terrible. But y'all's perseverance is incredible. I want to ask you about that, um, Linda. When you think about resilience, think about perseverance here. Talk about that and how you guys, I mean, from the management side of it, do you, when y'all are in these huddles, do you talk about how we got to pull each other together and pull each other up as well, not just the rest of the staff? What do you do there? We do, and I'll tell you a little story. So we're layers deep in what we do, and there's a lot of accountability around the basic tools, the must-dos, the rounding that Kim was describing. And um, I mean, I'm held to that as is everybody else. And there was a month last year where I didn't round on a single one of my people. I just couldn't get to it. And Kim knows this because we're all held accountable. And Kim said, Linda, you know, when are you going to round on your team? And I said, I simply cannot. The days are too long. I can't get to it. So she said, you know what? I'm going to round for you. So she, she scheduled rounds with all of my people. And um, she got two people in. And she came out of her office and she's like, stop. Put everybody else on for tomorrow. I just can't. <laughs> because she didn't mean to do it. But she brought them to tears, like literally yeah. Yeah. tears. They were crying and sobbing. And, uh, you know, she mandated vacations for them. She got them incentives. And, you know, it was, it was probably an eye opener for you, right, Kim? Right. Um, because I would tell her, it's not that I don't keep, I'd say, oh yeah, it was a tough day on the site today. We're down this many people. Patients were fighting in the parking lot. And to hear it is one thing. And then to really meet with the frontline team and hear it from their perception, is amazing. Right. So number one, all of those people are still with us, which we didn't wow. expect. Wow. But you know, Kim was able to resolve a lot there because what they what they came back with was, I feel really heard. I feel like Kim heard me. And now that the senior leadership in this organization is fully aware of what we're doing, and now I feel better about doing it, even though it's a nightmare day after day. Mm -hmm. Kim, I, I have to follow up and ask you, what was it like? I mean, that just sounds so emotional, obviously, and, and transformational as well, both for you and for those employees who are still with the team. So what was that like for you? 
I think um, the conversation started with, I care about you. Um, I care about your health and well-being. What are you doing for self-care? Um, when you're home, what are you doing? Um, some of these folks were working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Um, they were wore out. They were, um, I want to say, combustible um, because I felt like at any moment they were going to explode and not in a good way. Um, so I did mandate some time off. I said, you know, go take your child somewhere, go camping, take a day off, sleep all day, watch um, Netflix, because I've watched everything literally on Netflix now <laughs> right. um, throughout the pandemic. But I wanted to communicate that I'm very proud of the care that we provide at Cooper. I'm very proud of the employees who work here and their resilience, um, and that I appreciate their feedback and that I'm not just going to listen, I want to do something with that information um, that will improve their life as an employee here at Cooper. Um, I tell everybody when I go into the practices, um, I round um, a lot. Um, that's my first priority, that my, um, my commitment to you and my number one job, job responsibility is to create a great place for you to work. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean that. And people know Joint Commission was here recently and I was out and they said, they said, everybody knows who you are and you're a vice president. And I said, that's because I uh, keep in touch with people. I follow up. Um, we send out birthday cards um, to all of our leaders. We send out anniversary cards to all of our employees, um, whether it's one year, four years, eight years. And we celebrate the fact that they want to stay with us. Mm -hmm. As an added benefit, I guess you've, from a physical health standpoint, you've gotten your steps up, right? If you're out there walking those halls <laughs> and talking to people all day. Yeah. Well, we have actually 82 different practice sites. So wow. <laughs> we, um, and we are all over South, uh, Southern New Jersey, as well as we have uh, a couple of practices in Pennsylvania. So I do get some windshield time and it gives me the opportunity to um, do some phone rounding with some of the leaders. Um, but when I get there, I wanna be present for them. Yeah. Um, I really feel like it's how we show up for our employees that really sends a clear message is, this is what we expect, right? This is what we expect from you and this is what you can expect from us. Mm -hmm. um, Linda, as a final thought here, Kim was giving us a good idea of what, you know, some advice she's giving people and she's a Netflix aficionado now, as I am too. W what have you done just for your own mental health, your own physical health during the pandemic, uh, just to take care of yourself, that self-care? So what I found to be very effective is building in the time to go to the gym, because mm -hmm. as Kim pointed out, there were days here that we were doing 12 hour days as long as I had that one hour, one hour where I leave my phone in the locker and go swim some laps, I'm good. You can hit me with whatever you need to hit me with, <laughs> but I need that hour. That is such okay. great advice. Um, Linda, Kim, I, it has been such a joy to hear y'all's story, your success story at Cooper. And I am Really looking forward to meeting y'all in person in San Diego. Thanks so much for sharing these thoughts with us today. 
Thank, Thank you. you for having us, Daniel. Have a great day. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guests, Kim Bass and Linda Valenti. Also, thanks to 100 Plus and the MGMA Leaders Conference for sponsoring this week's show. You can register now for a 60-minute webinar on Tuesday, October 5th. It's AI and Remote Patient Monitoring Together, which will teach you how to get paid for what you already do. The webinar is free and will award continuing education credit. Register now at mgma.com slash patient. Also, accelerate your path to medical practice leadership. Join us in San Diego, October 24th through the 27th at the Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference. Visit mgma.com slash MPE21 and register today. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.